what's up it's the first episode of schnitzel's politics with your host lane and we're gonna talk about the more obscure news or like sometimes we're gonna go over the major news but i feel like i'm just here to give you like news that you might not have known about and um yeah it's gonna be pretty interesting so let's get right into it guys our first um story that i'm going to talk about that I feel like I need to give my opinion on is that Facebook pulled an ad from the gun-toting Georgia candidate taking on Antifa. Big tech censorship of conservatives must end, says Trump. But this woman posted an ad where she basically had a, um, a rifle in her hand and she was talking about how if that... <laughs> Antifa decides to come into Northwest Georgia, she'll shoot them because, I mean, it's your right as an American to shoot down anybody that enters your home because it's your private property. (laughs) And Facebook decided it was a good idea to take a campaign ad of a politician, not some random Instagram influencer, not some Facebook influencer, not some YouTuber. This is politics we're talking about. This could literally be interpreted as election meddling. Like, that is some serious stuff. Like, Twitter and them have been at it for a long time, but this is, like, really serious if you actually really think about the impact stuff like this could have if it is left unchecked, which is why I'm glad Trump is starting to do things when it comes to um, internet censorship against conservatives, it must be done because otherwise we're going to have such a unfair um, election on the town square because we all know that the town square is now the internet where everybody converses. And it will be crazy if we just had such a like unfair <laughs> landscape to fight against such an establishment. So um, it says here that Majority Green is a businesswoman running in Georgia's 14th district. (laughs) Facebook said that it violated the the company's policies against promoting the use of firearms. Yet the video is still running on Twitter and cable TV. So, I mean, it kind of reeks of double standard to me. Like, honestly, I've seen videos on Facebook where... (laughs) Antifa terrorists are organizing their, like, rallies and edging people to beat people up, destroy stuff. And they decide to pull down a non-violent political ad that because it has a gun in it. I mean, it's an explanation, but it reeks, like, of conservative bias, which is what all these big, like, tech companies have. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram... You can't voice your opinion if it doesn't fit the perfect narrative of the left. If it doesn't fit the perfect little bubble that they're in all the time. If you say something even remotely pro-gun, pro-life, anti-Black Lives Matter, something like that. You are the devil. You will get censored from all these platforms. You are the worst person ever. And there's nobody that wants to talk to you. This is really bad. This is... Some 1984 George Orwell shit that we're going towards, guys, and I don't like to see it. And this is just one of the stories that, like I said, we talk about more obscure stories, but this is like something that leads to the greater point of censorship and the way that we're heading towards 1984 rule here in the United States. 
and actually across the whole world, if we're being honest, because, I mean, Germany, the UK, it's already really bad there. <laughs> we're just following suit. And eventually we might really end up like George Orwell, who, in my opinion, was a visionary. So, yeah. So, um, Facebook stood by its decision because it advocated for the use of deadly weapons against a clearly defined group of people. Now, while I see that this could be an incitement to violence, once again, like, there's countless videos of Antifa and leftists on Facebook inciting violence against conservatives and actually committing it in some cases. And Facebook doesn't take those videos down, which is funny to me. It's so funny to me that they ha that they try to pretend like they're not biased when everybody can see that their bias is in plain sight. You can see it right from the start. It's in plain sight. <laughs> like, okay, tens of thousands of protesters have demonstrated peacefully. That's fine. But there are lots of looters, lots of people that are destroying communities, lots of businesses that have been burnt down, people that have been killed, people that have been severely beaten. <laughs> and is it not her right as a politician to come out and make a campaign ad that says you will not burn our churches, loot our businesses or destroy our homes? Is Facebook pro-looting? Are they pro destroying businesses now or is it just because they're a republican if a democrat came out and said this and said you're not going to invade i don't know baltimore because i have this gun and you're not going to destroy black owned businesses would facebook take that down would facebook take that down i don't think they would i don't think they would because we all know that there's a big censorship program going on like i've said multiple times now <laughs> like oh my god guys this is just this is just crazy. Facebook and Twitter don't care about facts. They rely on feelings and emotions. Like the fact checkers that I see on Instagram, some of the fact checks that I've seen on some posts are the most ridiculous fact checks ever. They take stuff out of context on purpose and then pretend like they're doing God's work by fact checking the evil conservative. Like, is that fair? No, it's not fair. It's so stupid. Second piece of news I have for you guys today is that AOC supports the defund the police movement. Now, we all know AOC or Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the House of Representatives representative from the New York, beautiful New York state. She's a leading um, person in the progressive movement. I follow people like Kyle Kalinske and... Um, TYT, so I know a lot about her. Honestly, she's just batshit crazy, and I don't know how a lot of leftists, like, support her, because I feel like she often hurts their own brand with some of the dumb shit she says. Like, at least Ili Ilan Omar and Rashida Tlaib are somewhat smart with some of the shit they say, but she says the dumbest shit ever and gets away with it. And people still support her. It's so crazy. But then again, the Democrats are planning to primary her out of her own seat, so... Yeah, she might not be that in office for that much longer <laughs> but um yeah so she said that she approves the policy to combat police brutality um <laughs> and said that she wanted to actively engage for a reduction of nypd budgets and defunding a six billion nypd budget in that six billion dollar budget cut um <laughs> to the police
and um, she said that she supports the Black Lives Matter movement, that people should spend less on policing and put that money into resources that would help black communities thrive, such as education, housing, and social services. Well, I mean, she's putting herself against the Congressional Black Caucus and the mayor of New York City, who both don't support defunding the police department. And even Washington, D.C., the crazy mayor, Muriel Bowser, who the fuck names that has the last name of Bowser? That just screams evil to me. But <laughs> that's so crazy, man, that she supports this. And yeah, so many liberals are supporting this now. And it's so stupid because you need law and order. And what we've seen with states like Minnesota, where they want to disband the police force in Minneapolis is just so crazy. What are you going to do when crime happens? Who are you going to call? Are you going to let vigilante justice rule the U.S.? Is the Democratic Party really going to become the party of crime and lawlessness instead of law and order? Is that really how they want to face themselves? Like, that's so crazy, dude. That you would want to portray yourself as some person that supports looting and rioting and supports getting rid of police forces. That's, that's so dumb. But like, Ocasio-Cortez, we all know she doesn't think about a lot of things anyway. <laughs> and she even said that she might not run again because of the pressure that she's been facing. And it's so dumb, dude. It's literally a mob mentality because the mob controls the narrative now. And we've seen this in communist revolutions. We've seen this in fascist revolutions in Germany. Um, as long as the mob supports it, extreme far leftists like AOC or the TYT people will obviously support it because as they always say, popular vote, popular will. But that's why the U.S. is one of the best countries, because we listen to the minority. We know that sometimes the popular will is not always the best thing to happen. And that's why we have the Electoral College, which is so good, because otherwise we'd have um, California, New York, and Texas controlling the whole elections. Man, that's so crazy. But yeah, anyway, um, to finish this off, AOC is batshit crazy. Um, and... Yeah, I hope you all enjoyed this first episode. Uh, hopefully you'll take another listen. Uh, talk to you later. Bye. Yo, what's up? And welcome to the second episode of Schnitzel's Politics. I wanted to apologize for being gone for so long. Um, but I will definitely get back to uploading on a regular content for sure after that first episode. Um, there's a lot of stuff that's happened since then. Um, the whole Black Lives Matter thing, George Floyd, all that stuff. All very terrible led to a lot of terrible things happening in our cities and uh, in the country worldwide. So I just wanted to dive right into the news and what's going on. So first off, um, Trump tweeted out, this is all over the news right now, that he is possibly going to delay the election day because he thinks that 
<laughs> mail-in voting is rigged. Now, while I agree that mail-in voting has its problems, as I've myself have seen in countries like Germany and Denmark, where like it's been proven that um, parties like the AFD or the Danish Nationalist Party have literally had votes torn up by the people that were counting them. To be fair, you have that as well in normal voting, but it's on a less, like, it's less common to happen. And there have been more reports of, like, mail, mail-in mail voting fraud with, for example, the example of the dead cat voting in uh, Washington or where that was, uh, somehow voting for Democrats or where they found uh, dead people voting for Democrats. It's very, very confusing. But, like I said, Trump has uh, said that he wants to push back the election now personally of course as you guys know um i am a republican obviously and um i think that this is not a good idea because as republicans right now i feel like our party is um we're not doing so well like if i'm being honest i think we have the better platform we have the better agenda but we don't know how to push to the people, how we, how we don't know how to influence social media, or we don't know how to reach young people like myself uh, in the schools and stuff like that. The leftists dominate the media, they dominate TV, they dominate the schools, they dominate everything. And as right-wingers, we need to find a way to get to the kids, to get to the younger people, to get to other people so that we break out of this 39% bubble that we're in right now, which is not good because as things happen and our vote our voting share will decline as we go so i don't think personally that um doing this would benefit trump i think that even from a lot of people on our side on the republican side it would be seen as something that is unconstitutional even though it's not to be granted he does have the power to do so it is it is in the law books but morally i don't feel this is the right decision i think this is him also panicking because he's down in the polls to Joe Biden and regardless of what we know about the polls like uh, in 2016 with Hillary Clinton there is a slight difference uh, not necessarily in the enthusiasm as they say but like more as when I would say the swing states are leaning more towards Biden than they were towards Hillary like if we looked at the 2016 polls with Hillary it was closer like she was leading him by three or four points whereas in most polls that we see now in like Michigan and stuff Biden is leading him by seven to ten points on average except of course if you look at a conservative poll like Rasmussen which of course will say the opposite but honestly if we're being true to ourselves here Trump isn't doing as smoothly as he was in 2016 even with some of his base losing support like he had a 96% approval rating among Republicans that has now dropped to 89% due to the coronavirus response as well as um, some of the stuff he's done afterwards now granted of course all this rioting and looting that's going on is of course helping him I think it's drawing a lot of centrists towards the Republican side because the democratic lunacy that's going on is just ridiculous like Jerry Nadler straight out denying that there was Antifa violence happening in Portland which is like dude they were showing him the video and he was like oh yes this is this doesn't exist like I don't understand what's so hard to grasp about that obviously being Antifa violence like it just doesn't make any sense to me Secondly, um, I think that one area that the Democrats, uh, they aren't, I feel like, 
doing as well as the Republicans in is the economy. If we look at the overall polls, most people still think that Trump can fix the economy over Biden. But will that be enough? Will that, I'd say 56% of people that think Trump uh, will fix the economy better than Biden, will that be enough to get him over the edge, whereas socially and uh, morally and stuff, Trump does lack behind in the normal polls? It is, um, it is a very controversial thing. But we have to see how we can manage because... I don't know, man. I feel like if there will be ballot voting, I think... Uh, I mean, universal mail-in voting, I think that Trump will have a higher chance of losing. And I think that um, absentee ballots <laughs> are a terrible thing. And as the Federal Election Reform Committee which was founded by Jimmy Carter, by the way, Democratic president. What they uh, found out was that it has the highest rate of voter fraud out of anything in the country. And uh, it's, like, it's a problem. Like, it is, it is an actual issue. We need to address it. Now, that aside, I'm a big sports fan. Like, a big, big sports fan. I have lived in Germany. I grew up watching soccer, I grew up watching American football, um, and when I came back here, I watched baseball, uh, basketball, like, I love sports, man, and sports is always fun to watch, and sports is a distraction from the everyday life. Now, what the Democrats are doing is shameful, well, not really Democrats, but I'd say leftists, in the corporations and sports agencies they are turning it into a political flounder fest. <laughs> like, bruh, kneeling for the national anthem, um, you have the players and refs in the NBA, the MLB, the MLS, like, they're all kneeling at WNBA, nobody gives a shit about them, but they walked out on the national anthem. You have Black Lives Matters on the court, you have people wearing political jerseys and stuff, now, that is such, like, a terrible thing because sports was a way to unite Americans and unite people. As we can see, like, in, for example, the World Cup, it can unite a whole country behind a team and behind a country, which is good. It's national unity. It's what one needs. But by adding politics to sports, you're once again taking a segment of the population spitting in their face saying sports is not for you it's only for us because as we can see there is a double standard in the sports industry for example two or three years ago whenever that was when the five dallas police officers were shot they wanted to wear something to symbolize unity with the dallas police the nfl said no now they can wear stuff that says you know uh how many police officers gunned down innocent black men which in fact most of them weren't even innocent the ones that were unarmed they were usually trying to steal a weapon which out of the 15 unarmed black men that were shot in 2019 six out of six out of the 15 tried to grab a taser or something i mean what do you expect to happen um but anyways like it's it's sad like sports is not supposed to be something political since the beginning of sports, it, it comes from the word sport itself, which is from the Latin French like language, which means distraction. It's supposed to distract people from everyday horror, I would say right now, that is life. <laughs> and like, um, 
if you continue to only have one side of politics, because have have an NBA player or have a MLB player where like I don't support abortion, true or like uh, Trump twenty twenty. I mean, fair you have it with NASCAR and stuff, but like that is a more conservative leaning. Um, I would say sports industry, even though they had the whole thing with Bubba Wallace and the fake news and banning Confederate flags, which, by the way, in my opinion, Confederate flags, if you want to, you should be able to fly them. This is still a free country. Um, I don't see if why people would be banning the Confederate flags. Granted, the military banning the Confederate flag, I mean, it kind of makes sense. <laughs> I mean, like, the Confederate flag was used as a symbol of, against rebellion against the American Union which uh, in turn uh, I mean they were defeated but like if you're using it as like a symbol of heritage pride and you just want to fly it in your sports event your backyard why would anybody like not allow that I just I don't understand you know yeah so that's my take on the sports thing happening right now I'm trying to cover as much as possible in a certain amount of minutes because like I said it's been a long time it's been a long time um oh of course, uh, with all these Black Lives Matter riots and stuff going on, uh, I'll just jump into two things at once, honestly. Um, so the state police arriving in Portland and other cities to basically quash uh, these riots and uh, unrests that have been allowed to go on by these Democratic governors and mayors. Uh, who themselves have uh, actually said that they do not want uh, federal agents and um, federal police and stuff like that in their cities, even though um, their own police forces got overwhelmed. Uh, they let the uh, rioters and looters take control over their city, as we know with the uh, Chaz and uh, the autonomous zones that sprung up, and obviously, like... Um, in Portland where they pretty much controlled the entire city and uh, the people, the governors of Portland were like, oh, we don't see any Antifa violence going on, which is absolutely despicable. Uh, three cops recently were blinded by lasers permanently that were shined in their eyes, which is like, what? Like, what do you mean? Obviously, hundreds of police officers have been injured throughout the country. Several have died. Um, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And, um, we have uh, a black Trump supporter being stabbed in the Portland protest. We have uh, a black Trump supporter being killed um, the other day. And, of course, Black Lives Matter is silent about that because that doesn't fit their narrative. You know, that's not what they would value as a good black life. And regardless of what they tell you with their tolerance and love and respect, in reality, in my opinion, it's about hating Western society, hating uh, white people to a certain extent. If you're being serious here, a big branch of that is anti-white. And that's not racist. They've said it themselves. I mean, we've seen in the Seattle Autonomous Zone white people having to pay money, extra money to black people because like reparations or some bullshit like that, even though... Uh, systematic racism is a myth and it's been debunked multiple times. America is literally the number one country for black people to get rich in. Like, they're the most rich people that are black are in America. We have multiple millionaires and billionaires that are black. I mean, people like LeBron James, they sicken me because this dude makes millions and millions of dollars and he complains about systematic racism. 
Dude, this country gave you your wealth. This country gave you your fucking fame. Be fucking grateful for what we've given you. Like, it's unfucking believable how much these people, like, complain and moan, even though what they cite isn't even true. If you look at the stats, they cite false stats. If you look at unbiased sources that are not left or that are not right, because yes, people on the right do exaggerate over stuff too. There is police brutality in the U.S. There is a heightened sense of police killings in the U.S. That is true. The police aren't all good. It's not all blue lives matter all the time. I don't agree with that either. But the facts and evidence that the left source are often from sources like, I don't know, dude, like the Washington Post, which has openly posted like about like anti-Republican, anti-white statements which is ridiculous or they cite like um now this which is like obviously a leftist website or my favorite one al jazeera which is funded by the qatari government and also fund funds uh the young turks coincidentally that's hilarious because the young turks yes they're so uh non-biased even though they are one of the farthest left people i've ever seen anyways let's move on to the second one that i wanted to bring up here um defunding the police <laughs> So, um, this is kind of an interesting topic because I have, uh, obviously, lots of friends and stuff that go to school that believe in this uh, nonsense of defunding the police, and um, they're split on it. Some want to abolish the police, others just want to defund it for, like, social workers and stuff like that, and it's funny to me because I would imagine as a police officer uh, being trained to handle dangerous situations uh, you being replaced with a fucking, like, five foot four, fucking 110-pound social worker that, uh, can, is, is trained to de-escalate the situation with words and not with, uh, uh, strength, and it's like, dude, if you have a, um, a home, like, uh, like, a man, like a 300-pound man beating his wife, you know, you cannot have a social worker come in there and expect that social worker to de-escalate the situation. That's that's not how it works. And obviously, with that, we also have other, like, issues. Like, for example, in New York and Chicago, especially in New York, after they defunded the police, they defunded a crimes unit. They uh, have cut the budget for the police um, uh, academies, so they can no longer take as many trainees. And the stabbing and shooting rate in New York has gone up by 200%. That's right, 200%. As well in Chicago, the violence has escalated out of control. I mean, just like in everywhere, murders are sky high, uh, raping and everything. Everything is just sky high right now. And people want to defund the police and or slash abolish the police like they did in Minneapolis, uh, where they still have not uh, proposed a good replacement for the police. The city council said, yes, let's um, replace the police. But uh, we don't know with what we're replacing the police, so uh, good luck out there. Or in Seattle, where they took away uh, the police's ability to fight um, protesting. Well, not protesting, but like, you know, riding with like pepper spray and other things. <laughs> and it's like, uh, dude, how do you expect the police to get the rights under control? And the Seattle Police Commissioner-in-Chief, she herself was like, like, yeah, good luck, Seattle. You're basically on your own now. If somebody breaks into your home, we can try to respond, but there's nothing we can really do about it. Like, this is ridiculous. You are making America more unsafe. Honestly, I personally feel like this is all done on purpose. This is all done to cause strife and fear amongst the people before the election. 
but that's just me. I'm not gonna say any more conspiracy theories, but that's just personally what I think. And I think that, um, it's ridiculous, honestly. Yeah, so, I don't know, man. The world is just, is just crazy right now. It's, it's honestly sad. It's, it's really sad. <sighs> but, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, America can get back to what it used to be. But, um, I really don't know. Like, I feel like the hate and all the discourse that's going on is really unhealthy for most Americans. And I think that it's going to lead to something bad in the future, honestly. If we're being serious here, I don't think this can end well for anybody. Hopefully it does. I would pray that it does, but I don't think it's going to. So, yeah. That's my take on the recent events. Um, I'll be back soon to talk about other things. And um, I hope you enjoyed this uh, podcast of Schnitzel's Politics. Um, I will be back. Um, remember to check in every once in a while. Listen. And um, yeah, check me out on Anchor, Spotify, wherever. And thank you. See you guys later. Bye. Welcome back to Schnitzel's Politics with your host. And of course... Today we're going to be talking about the newest and most freshest in politics, and like always, um, I got a couple of spicy stories here for you today, so sit down, uh, strap up, and get ready to listen. So we'll head right into it. So the first story I got for you guys today is a doozy. (laughs) So you all probably heard of the Boston Marathon bombing. It happened while ago and there was a brother couple they decided in 2013 to bomb the boston marathon which killed three people and injured hundreds of people um he was convicted to death in 2015 well sentenced to death in 2015 um and the in my opinion so when it comes to the death penalty i'm not really forward in most cases, but in this case, I think it would have been an appropriate measure to use the death penalty on this piece of shit. Um, he even admitted in court to it and everything. <laughs> um, but apparently, apparently, um, a court has decided to overturn that. Yeah, so he's not getting the death penalty anymore. Um, The three judges who issued this were Juan Torella, a Reagan appointee, Roger E. Thomas, an Obama appointee, and William Cayate, also an Obama uh, appointee. So, the Justice Department has now the option of asking the entire Enbank Appeals Court in Boston to hear the appeal of the DOJ, or they could ask the Supreme Court to rule the case, but it's very likely that he will not get the death penalty and live the rest of his life in prison. This is sad. This is very sad. And honestly, uh, I think it's a way to show how fucked up our justice system is. Yes, I believe our justice system has a lot of issues, and this is definitely one of them. <laughs> Take care.
definitely, definitely one of them. In other more tragic news, um, somehow in Alaska, a mid-air plane collision killed a GOP senator. Um, my condolences go out to him and the other seven people. I mean, six people that were killed. Um, his name was Gary Knopp. He was 67. Um, and he collided in midair with another plane. Sadly, this happens all too often. And, yeah, nobody survived, sadly. I, my condolences also go out to the other, like I said, six that were killed. Um, Gregory Bell, David Rogers, Caleb Hulsey, Heather Holsey, Mackie Holsey, and Kristen White. May you rest in heaven. It's a very sad story. Um, I hope that their families get the settlement that they deserve because that's not cool. I wouldn't wish that upon my worst enemy. Anyways. <laughs> a little bit of speculation. <laughs> Guess what? Kamala Harris could be Joe Biden's running mate. Now, what do I personally think of Kamala Harris and Joe Biden? I think it's an excellent idea. Obviously, one of the reasons he's picking Kamala is because, one, she's a woman, and two, she's black. <laughs> I mean, that's not... In the current uh, political climate, that's not really, like an exception i mean it's pretty normal like that he has to pick a diverse woman of color to hit all those sweet sweet diversity points that you need to hit and for him i guess the obvious choice was kamala harris even though kamala harris is one of the epitome of a centrist democrat and a lot of leftists will be very upset by this and a lot of i think independents won't go for that because if we're being honest here um, like, <sighs> if we're being honest, I don't think that a Kamala Biden ticket was going to win the presidency. I think if Kamala is truly Biden's VP pick, um, <laughs> then he's not going to go very far. Uh, he's already slipping, as we saw in the most recent um amount of polls, that he is giving up ground to Trump again with a lot of the centrists going Republican because of all the riots and the bullshit that's going on from the Democrat Party. And obviously nobody wants to be associated with that. All right, so another thing that I've been witnessing recently is the extreme escalation of, uh, I would say, aggression and, uh, I would say, I don't know. I mean, it's just anti-China right now. Like, we closed their embassy in Houston we have obviously strongly condemned them on the world stage. We've put in sanctions in their trading. We've started a quasi-trade war. And we've ramped up the anti-China, uh, I would almost say, propaganda with, for example, one of the tactics calling it the Chinese virus. Even though it did originate from the lab in Wuhan, it's a, it's a tactic to get the people riled up against China. And uh, obviously with Pope Pompeo sanctioning the China over the human rights abuses against the Uyghur Muslims, uh, where they're putting them in concentration camps, uh, castrating them, 
uh, killing them, raping them. It's all very, very horrific. Of course, what's happening in Hong Kong, too, is being strongly condemned with the Chinese government shipping off random protesters to who knows where, to re-education camps, to torture, to death. It's all very sad, all very solvable, and all deserves to be strongly condemned. And we need to fight this. And apparently, one of the ways we fight the Chinese is by banning TikTok. Yeah, so from what I've read, TikTok is going to be banned on Saturday. That comes to a shock to pretty much everybody in the Gen Z generation and younger, as well as um, (laughs) some, I guess, millennials and Gen Xers and so on that were using the app. But obviously, it's mostly Gen Z, and it's going to be a huge downer for us, but... They say it's because of natural security, because the it's a Chinese app that um takes our data and sells it to the Chinese Communist Party, uh, which also grants the money to run those concentration camps that they have over there and their, uh, CCP bullshit the uh, propaganda that they push. Uh, of course, China has denied this. The company, uh, that is uh, responsible here in the U.S. for running TikTok has denied this. Uh. Obviously, they want to stay in business because, from what I read, TikTok, in, for one company alone, the company that uh, sells uh, the information here in the U.S., it's a $50 billion industry. I mean, it's a lot of money. They try to justify this with saying that they give people jobs and money, and while that is true, I would rather take national security first than having my data compromised by the Chinese Communist Party, which, if we're being honest here, I don't think anybody should trust. I mean... Would you rather have the commies look at your data, or would you rather have uh, Uncle Sam looking at your data? I mean, both is wrong. Don't get me wrong. I think the the NSA spying act was deeply, deeply misguided. But honestly, if we're going to have a government spy on us, I'd, ra- I'd rather it be my own government than the unpredictable commie Chinese government. I mean, honestly, though. And finally, um, the final piece of news I have for y'all is a little bit of an uplifting one to end the session this time. Um, well, for me, at least it's uplifting. I don't know about any of you guys, but, you know. Um, so, in the NBA, as we know, the NBA is a very left-leaning organization. It's also very beholden to China, as we saw uh, recently with them firing that one Houston Rockets coach. or Well, no, not firing him, but making him apologize for his support. Uh, his tweet that he tweeted in support of the Hong Kong protesters and obviously China has uh, ties to the NBA as we've seen with like money donations and things like that but anyways um, so on Friday uh, there's an Orlando Magic forward named Jonathan Isaac and he was the lone player to stand during the national anthem as everybody else including the coaches the referees and everybody knelt he also didn't wear a Black Lives Matter t-shirt. Um, <laughs> so that's pretty interesting. Um, he apparently said that uh, in, as being an NBA player, it doesn't give us automatically an understanding or insight to issues that happen around us. But I think because we have the ear of so many, it's important for us to be diligent, be vocal, but in a balanced way. Um... Yeah, so, I mean, honestly, that takes a lot of guts 
whatever he did it for, people are saying he did it for religious reasons. They're saying he did it because he had a knee injury and he can't play the rest of the season. So it was like a performance stunt to get his name out there, which could be, but like still, still going against both teams, all the coaches, all the referees, all the establishment. It's, it takes guts. I mean, I'll give him that. It definitely takes guts. And it's nice to see, for example, in the MLB and obviously here, where everybody else is kneeling, you'll have one or two players that stand and that defy the peer pressure, I would say, that is kneeling. And obviously, we don't have that in the NHL, where none of the players uh, kneeled in any team. Uh, that's because the NHL and the NASCAR are mostly right-wing sports, and they know their audience. And if they would do that, they would lose a significant portion of their audience, whereas NFL, NBA, and MLB can uh, recover if a lot of conservatives decide not to watch the sport anymore or boycott it because of their support for Black Lives Matter, which, uh, I mean, it's their decision, their company. We are in, live in a capitalist country, but they have to live with the consequences, and if they don't like the consequences of uh, uh, hyper-politicizing uh, sports, then... That is their decision, but I think they can survive, honestly. But yeah, that's been uh, my take on today's news. I'll be back later for more. Uh, Stay safe and uh, talk soon.